Greetings and salutations. This is the Thack Daddy Experience, and I am your motherfucking host, the Thack Daddy. Uh, what has Thack Daddy been experiencing? I don't really know. Like a lot of uh, being disheveled, so to speak. Like there's internal parts of the human memory palace that need replacement and growth and development. And, you know, a lot of Zen aphorisms that have taken on monstrous proportions in terms of both their simplicity and their depth simultaneously. Like, to be aware of your own impending death, to be aware of your own kind of counterintuitive chess moves against yourself, uh, you know... A lot of our personal relationships reflect relationships with ourselves. So if there are a lot of people walking away from you, it might not be bad. Um, You know, unfortunately, we are not static. This is a very tricky game, reality and life. This notion of identity and self that we carry through life, which is constantly in flux. But, you know, people have a certain notion of you. You are given a notion and that notion is very tiny first of all um most of the time we think about ourselves uh the incremental little bit of time we can establish for others um we think of them within a given context of what they do with us how to interact uh all of this jibber jab or whatever i'm saying basically comes down to meaning being construed and the thing is meaning is a construct and how you construe a construct is at times awkward because really we establish what things mean to us for us um but there are a lot of things that hold meaning to people that hold no meaning for others at all and that's perfectly fine but i just i don't know I guess the dialogues are so convoluted in the world that I feel like my contribution to them is merely just another voice in a vast, infinite chorus. And some of our voices are propelled above others. Um, And there's a, a darkness to the world in terms of manipulation for consumptive purposes and you know it gets it can get terribly dark that's why i like series like the peripheral westworld science fiction stuff a lot of this stuff you know you know the fiction is pointing away to a certain type of truth a truth of alienation and regret and a truth of hostility and no way of channeling it with a positive outcome But yeah, now let's talk about basketball. So, (laughs) um, pretty much like uh, I hear a lot of these top 10 lists for basketball. So, I'm going to just like, I think I'm going to run down a top 10 list. Uh, I don't really know how it's going to flow. But I I like to go general, you know, by generation or whatever you want to call it. Generationally, so to speak. And um, so... I mean, I'm not doing this by number per se. 
it's an order and then you know i'll adjust the order as i see fit because it's just my fucking opinion but it's basic premise right bill russell won 11 fucking nba championships 11 11 it doesn't matter the error this is what people don't understand in the process of being a player playing out there winning those titles against one of the indisputable dominant forces to ever play wilt chamberlain um bill russell that was his rival and he defeated him many times and people will say well he had the great coach he had all these other hall of fame players with him listen man basketball is a team sport first of all people you know you can glorify someone if i can drop 80 points in a game but the other team plays defense and none of my supported cast could rack up like 30 points and we get blown out by 50 points or something along those lines, does it matter? You have to have multiple elements, and there's like a great amount of discipline when you're playing against other people who are just as skilled as you. You know, you have to add other skills, like simply just playing the game, and even how they say play the game the right way. Um, the game is a living thing. The game is alive because you have to play with teammates and playing in real time you might have played better the next night you didn't play the good that night you know for personal reasons or whatever it is but the bottom line this man won 11 championships and you have his precedent to build off of um to negate that and how it impacts and influences the way the game is played is obscene because you know the biggest and the first major wave of influence that helped make basketball the multi-billion dollar business it is today was the presence of a Bill Russell, was the creation of a Boston Celtics dynasty. You had a team that was dominant and captured the imaginations of people who watched the sport. And, you know, so two spots taken right there number one bill russell number two wilt chamberlain now again this order is i can alter the order but i'm going generationally first of all just to get the actual top 10 um <clears throat> but 11 rings you know it's obscene you know uh he was just that good um you can't take it away from him uh, to try to say, oh well, you know, let's let's pit Shaq against Bill Russell. It's stupid. It's just stupid because without Bill Russell, there wouldn't be a Shaq. And you know, it. And I mean that literally to the point where let's say Shaquille O'Neal never heard of Bill Russell, which would be weird because, you know, basketball players tend to understand and know something of the history of the sport that they're in love with enough to be disciplined enough to be one of a 450 players in a league i mean that sounds like a lot but if you think of how many millions of people play the game and play it around the world there's a very select few individuals who actually get to play uh in that league and they're all influenced by prior generations so you know people want to talk about rings this rings that but it's a journey the journey to the top means you do take losses and you mean you, you do have rivals and the rivals are skilled they're not 
weak by any stretch of the imagination. So, my argument is basically you got Bill Russell at one, Will Chamberlain at two. Again, it's not like who's better order, so to speak. I'm going generationally. Those are the first, for me, big impact players. And uh, they both played before you know, way before my time, but, uh, their impact was felt long after they played. And, and that's, um, also very important for whatever random criteria any of us choose to deem greatness. Greatness kind of establishes itself. And then we either call it into question or not. That's why great ones always say, well, you can decide who's great. I'm just going to be me. And, and the being me part is where the greatness emerges. Anyway, um, after that segment, I mean, personally, I, I do feel like Dr. J had a, a very huge impact, but I cannot, and I won't put him in my top 10, um, but he was very important to the sport, um, but, you know, huge are the next three players on my list. And they're huge because uh, I really think that uh, they redefined an era of basketball. And, you know, in doing so, set the stage for, like, Michael Jordan. So, at number three, I got Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. You know, he was just, he was freaking Kareem, you know, like... Big, tall guy, the sky hook. I mean, it's just, you know. And to have a a player that large and that talented playing with Magic Johnson and Magic Johnson. What an insane basketball player. Um, The way he, he, he was so team oriented and he, the way he passed the ball, it was flashy, but it was brilliant. It was you know, locked into team and uh, they had great success and he's a huge influence on like Showtime Lakers, you know, that mentality of Showtime, it it took basketball to a different level and then it elevated it even more due to Larry Bird and Larry Bird is on the list because Larry Bird, not just for the three-point shooting even before it was popular, but just the way he played basketball um he just got he just got it done and you know to compete with magic johnson uh at the level that he did that in their rivalry um as i've aged over the years i have much more respect for larry bird's game you know and the toughness as well um some guys you know get beaten up and beaten up and beaten up and just don't complain about it and you know when they're ready to quit they quit and uh i feel like larry bird's that type of player or was that type of player um so you got five right there then of course the next and probably one of the biggest boosts and lifts to the sport ever is uh michael jordan um what he managed to do with the Chicago Bulls and just how he evolved and elevated his game to a level that most people just were not used to seeing. That's why, you you know, the airness, uh, you know, your airness, Air Jordan, all of those types of descriptions. Like, 
I remember seeing this man, you know, watching him play on TV, blah, blah. And he's dunking the ball. And the way he, you know, attacked the hoop, it was like he was possessed. He'd be hanging in the air, tongue hanging out. And there were the posters and everything. But he was intense, man. And, you know, the Detroit Pistons with Isaiah Thomas pushed him far enough that I think it was awesome. And it helped him evolve and he became stronger and more competitive and the dominant figure but he did so many things athletically and he did it so well for so long and to actually see a, a player who's really good become great and succeed at getting championships because um getting there is hard enough but winning and doing it consistently when you're playing six NBA postseasons, you're you're adding like seasons to you. You people get tired. It's a grind. Um, you know, not to even mention how to take care of yourself when you're not playing. You you gotta kind of act like you're playing, otherwise, you know, your conditioning suffers and it shows on the court, and then you lose market value. So it's all kind of fucked up. Anyway, <clears throat> yeah, I don't normally really delve into the sports thing because um. I don't know. People get kind of brutal and violent about it. I'm not saying Michael Jordan is number six. Again, this is generationally um, and big impact. You know, um, I'll actually give my numerical order after I just go through who the the ten are, if that is clearer. Um, So obviously. You have, you know, Michael Jordan, and then, you know, I don't know. It gets murky for me there. Um, So I'm definitely going to, you know, I'm just going to say Shaquille O'Neal because um, when he was at his prime, he was terrifying, and he was pretty amazing. Um, And I could go with terrifying and amazing. That works. Um, Obviously following that I would have to put Kobe Bryant um and I I feel honestly like Kobe Bryant was one of the hardest working players ever um he had all those crazy messed up surgeries uh so keeping it on topic purely just the things that you go through um and he wanted that target on his back uh impressive now, the next two are difficult, um, but I'm going to go with another guy, you know, Tim Duncan, just because Tim Duncan, not only like a glue guy, a really awesome big, big player, but, um, you know, stuck to the team dynamic to the point where, you know, San Antonio Spurs, very successful franchise, but also very difficult to beat and dominant and you know there was a uh Tim Duncan Shaq matchup and you know it was rough for Shaq um when the Orlando Magic lost to the Spurs the Spurs whenever they were in the finals um they're very hard to compete with I mean literally Ray Allen did put a dagger in them because they would have beat the heat that that season and they did beat them the following season and that kind of ended the four year 
in the finals reign and the winning reign for Miami. So that's a lot. Um, ah, I see. So there's my error. Even though I love Tim Duncan, um, pretty much after Kobe would be LeBron. And then from LeBron to Steph Curry. Now, why would I say that? Because those two guys have, have not only competed against each other in the finals four times, but they're also kind of like a defining presence. Like, you know, during an era, like who was who were the dominant players? I mean, LeBron clearly was a dominant player because, yeah, it's hard to win the championship. He won it four times. And there's no asterisks on the bubble experience. From what my knowledge of the bubble during the COVID time was, it's terrible, horrible, awful, difficult, mentally grueling. Yes, I know these people make a lot of money. That has nothing to do with dealing with mentally grueling things. Um, the amount of physicality needed, the amount of mental stamina you're traveling. I mean, I don't need to elaborate further. You can deduce just by doing your own analysis but i'm just saying it's rough so no i can't give a top 10 spot to tim duncan even though i'd really love to um because lebron takes that spot just because um of all the types of things he's done throughout his career plus he brought a title to cleveland so that's a miracle in and of itself to be able to do that alone and it was like he came back after winning titles, you know, he, he got his feet wet. He knew exactly how it feels. And he came back and he went at it. And, you know, he took them to the finals for four straight years. Um, that's a lot. So, and of course, Steph Curry, number 10, you know, he won four titles. But the thing is, he's like a, for an NBA player, he's like 6'2", 6'3". Um, he's had ankle Id issues, injuries. I mean, basically, he's overcome so many different things just to be the player he is, and doing what he does, and doing it efficiently. And some might say, "Oh, that's a niche player." Well, when you've been to six NBA Finals in the last eight years, I'm sure plenty of other franchises would want a niche player. Um. You know, because he hits the threes, but, you know, no one's hit them at the clip he has, uh, you know, for all you stoners out there, if you put on like a two second video or even like a one minute video and just see the way he shoots the ball, you're just looking and you're just like, you know, that's not something just any person is just going to go out there and do, um, and to do it with a defense like that, like he's hitting like Harlem Globetrotter shots in real professional games where people are defending him much larger players <clears throat> and he still manages to kick ass so numerically it'd be far more difficult than generationally so my top 10 as it stands generationally is number one bill russell number two wilt chamberlain number three kareem abdul jabbar number four magic johnson number five larry bird number six michael jordan number seven shaquille o'neal number eight uh, Kobe Bryant, number nine, LeBron James, and number ten, Steph Curry. Um, were I to do this, uh, you know, in a different fashion, well, hmm, that's where it gets tricky. But, um, 
Uh, I'm gonna look at it and I'm gonna tell you in a second. Uh, and then see if it actually works out right. Um, I, I think it will though. I think it'll work out decently. You know? Um, but I'll just start at least the, the first guy, obviously, is going to be Michael Jordan. The intensity of what he did and the way he played, the athleticism, it elevated the game of basketball. Uh, teams became a lot better. Players became a lot better. So it was a huge evolutionary leap. As far as Larry Bird and, and, and Magic Johnson took the game, Michael Jordan took it further. So that's why he gets the number one. Number two, um, I am going to give it to LeBron just because the level of his impact and his his motor and his dedication to the game um i i i think it's pretty phenomenal and uh, he's really good i mean that's just the reality so you know you get we're, well, all these guys were really like once in a lifetime type players like or once in a generation type players um LeBron is just, he's amazing. Um, the number three spot, I have to give it to Magic Johnson. Um, and that's pretty much uh, because until I saw Magic Johnson, I never saw anyone like Magic Johnson. Now, I know you got some really great players, and I'm probably undercutting a lot of individuals. And that's what makes the top ten fun. Um, so, you know, again, they, in my eyes, you have to have a massive impact on the game. Like, you, you, you kind of changing the dynamic. So that's why I started with Bill Russell and Will Chamberlain, because that level of dynasty never existed in the NBA until Bill Russell. Um, also, Will Chamberlain, guy scores 100 points in a game. You know, he, there were 500 games where he scored 50 points on average. That's just fucking ridiculous. I don't really care what era it's in. Um, yeah, it might be harder to duplicate it now, but you also have to remember, uh, you know, we may be a wiser group as far as access to information, but we, uh, we're definitely not stronger. I feel like older generations were built to last more, not necessarily cellularly, but purely based on like physical activity and output, people did more. Even as a kid, I played more than the children of today. The children of today don't play that much. Now, that does not mean that the ones who are playing are not really playing. They are playing. They are playing their asses off. I'm just saying. Anyway... My fellow humans, where was I? Oh, uh, yeah. So, Michael Jordan's number one. Changed the whole fucking face of the game. Globalized basketball. Phenomenal athlete. Very strong leader. Very determined individual. Great focus. So, And I put LeBron at number two. Um, number three, Magic Johnson. Because up until that point, before Michael ascended in the game... Magic Johnson to me was the best player just because he played like he had eyes in the back of his head. He was quick, but he was big. He was almost like a mix of the two players like LeBron and and uh, Matt, um, Michael Jordan. Like 
he pre you know before Jordan, but Jordan had like that slickness, but he was just so outrageous. Um, so by by who's actually the best in my feeble assessment? So number one, Michael Jordan. Number two, LeBron James. Number three, Magic Johnson. Um, number four, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Um, I mean, he was one of the most dominant players ever. That's why he's in the top ten. But I put him in number four because Kareem's Kareem. I mean, just amazing. Um, you know, opened up how big men could be possibly perceived to move. I feel like Elijah Wan, had he won more titles, could have been placed at the same height. Um, and he's an honorable mention. Uh, Elijah Wan's phenomenal, though. Um, unfortunately, you know. It does help to have more titles because it, it definitely shows that you were in either in the race for dominance or you were dominant. That's why LeBron's number two. Dude played nine straight years in the NBA Finals. That's just fucking crazy. That's Bill Russell shit in a modern era, just not winning. Had he won all of those, he would be number one over Michael Jordan. But he, he, he had teams. <laughs> I mean, what was that one kid's name? Uh, I, I, he might have won a title with this kid. I mean, some of the, you know, he's played with great players to win, but he's also, like, brought teams that had no reason being in the finals into the NBA finals, which is what a great player does. Uh, oh, yeah, Matthew De La Vadova, something like that. That's a name I remember, but I think the guy's named Matthew. I mean, LeBron's ridiculous. Anyway. Um. So gave Kareem number four. Um, Kareem is again super amazing. Uh, the listing is just the listing. These people did what they did, and the impact is uh, it's hard to measure. But I know for a fact, you know, Magic Kareem, those Lakers, legendary, and uh, so Kareem four. And uh, I'm going to go with uh, Kobe Bryant at five. No one worked harder than Kobe Bryant, period. He made himself Kobe Bryant, if that even makes sense. That's how intense this guy was. So I got to give uh, number five to Kobe Bryant. Um, also, you know, he won titles. He won titles with Shaq, and he won titles with Paul Gasol and Andrew Bynum. Wow. Gotta give this guy props. Kobe Bryant was an amazing player. He's my five. So after him, um, I got Kobe Bryant at five. I'm putting Bill Russell at six. Shaq at seven. No, not Shaq at seven. Steph Curry at seven. <laughs> well, nah, nah, I'm not doing that. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. So, um, I guess it'd be Shaq at seven. Let Let's start. Let's just start over again because, uh, you know, real life interfere with my psyche. Let's go back again. So one is Jordan. Two is LeBron. Um, 
Three is Magic. Four is Kareem. Five is Bird. Six is Kobe. Seven is Bill Russell. Eight is Will Chamberlain. Steph Curry's at nine, and Shaquille O'Neal's at ten. Shaquille O'Neal's at ten because Shaquille O'Neal could have been much better than he he allowed himself to be. Um, One of the reasons why, you know, him and Kobe fractured. I mean, you have two alpha males, but um, they... The pairing could have been much better if they could have worked together. But they did accomplish great things together anyway. But um, for me, Steph Curry, um, across generations, you know, and a good friend of mine pointed out, you know, you got guys who are 32 playing against 19-year-olds out of college who are young, who are fresh, who are hungry. And yet someone, you know, 34 years old now, uh, Steph Curry, amazing fucking player in his prime. Um, really, barring any serious injuries, and he he keeps his health right, keeps his physique right. Um, he could play the game easily for another five years, which would be terrifying for all the other teams. Now he'll probably bow out after, you know, this season and three more, so a total of four. But um, I definitely put him. He he's got four titles, but I mean literally. He just won the title last year, and you know when you after thirty, and you finding that type of success, uh, you're doing something right. And uh, he's changed the game forever. He's pushed the NBA as common knowledge globally really high. Like uh, besides, you know, like Kobe and Shaq. Um, The level of attention brought to basketball by Steph Curry's phenomenal play has changed the game. And it's going to change the game radically because now you've added something different to the dialogue of a smaller guard, incredible shooter, good leader, very agile, does go to the hole. He does a lot of different things. His rotations, communication with the teammates, and it is a very unique situation because a lot of teams don't have cores, you know, meaning multiple members across several years who work together, who won together, who lost together and won together again. Um, errors do end. So, you know, if their error ends, so be it. But uh, as it stands today, after getting that last year's title and finals MVP, no one can really dispute at this stage that, you know, this generational player with this great impact and this amazing shooting ability, the greatest shooter of all time. I don't think it's a sin that he's ranked number ninth at all. So again, to be perfectly clear, I'm going to give my generational and then I'm going to give like who I think. Uh, So generationally, Bill Russell, Wilt Chamberlain, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, Michael Jordan, um, Shaquille O'Neal, Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, and Steph Curry. Now, in order of like who I consider the best, even though they're all different sizes and types and positions, um, that's what makes categorizing it so difficult. Uh, But if we, you know, Michael Jordan, who had the greatest impact on the game 
in its history thus far. Um, LeBron James, who's like a once in a blue generational talent, uh, never quite seen a player with that level of endurance and skill. I don't even know the extent of his skill because honestly, players know better than uh, us usually. Um, <laughs> I mean, some players be bugging out a little bit. Um, number three, uh, I have Magic Johnson. Uh, number four, Kareem. Number five, Larry Bird. Um, number six, Kobe Bryant. Um, seven, Bill Russell. Eight, Wilt Chamberlain. Nine, uh, Steph Curry, and ten, Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah, that's my list. I'm sticking to it. I know it's completely weird, but basketball is pretty cool in this uh, Orwellian dystopia, thought police, soulless cyberpunk syllogism of just excrement, filth, and cosmic universality. In other words, I'm full of shit. That's my list. Love all of you. Appreciate all of you. I know this is random, so if you skip it, that's cool. Um, but that's fine. Back daddy saying peace. Laters.